Hello there, Dr. Alan Hedberg here with the Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me. Today my topic is our educational system. I think in the United States that today the most beneficial change to our educational system would be a system of school vouchers. Vouchers that would be provided by the local government to pay for the education of the children in each family. Parents would obtain these vouchers and then use them to pay for the cost of any public or private school they would choose with their children for the education of their children. You know, when I was in Canada, uh, we had two children, and this was in the 1960s, just to kind of explain how this system could work and how easily it could work. We had children that were just starting school, and um, when our tax bill came at the uh, beginning of the year, like it does here, our tax bill came, there was a little card in the packet of information from the tax association, and um, it just had a little check mark there. Did you want your education money to go to the public school, or do you want your education money to go to the private school? And in most cases, the private school was a Catholic school. And we just checked that mark, and then our money went to that particular school. It was as simple as that. The Catholic school or the, the private schools got their money then from the government, and the public schools got their money from the government, and then your child went to whatever school then you chose to send them. Simple. Somebody asked me the other day, what is this? I don't even understand it. Never heard of it. I was surprised, but I said, here's, here's how it would be. Let's suppose that I give you a piece of paper. And with that piece of paper, I give you $5,000, $3,000, whatever it might be. I give you the money with a piece of paper. And then you take that money, and you take that piece of paper, and you take it to the local school that you want your children to attend. You want your children to attend school A, you take the, mon the money and the voucher to that school. And then your child enrolls and goes to that school. If you want your child to go to a different school, you take the money and the receipt or that little voucher or piece of paper to that school. The next year, if you want to have a change in your schooling for some reason, you take your voucher the next year and you take it to whatever school you want your child to attend. Public school, private schools, charter schools, religious schools, non-religious schools, they're all the same. They all get a voucher when your child attends. And then there's a freedom of choice for your child and for you as a parent to give your child the very best education that you think your child needs and deserves and should have at that particular point in time in their life. So what does a voucher system do? Well, along with the voucher system, I say this anyway, that is freedom of choice. You have the choice to choose whatever school you attend. So you've got a voucher, but you have the freedom of choice as a parent to wherever they might go. Now, that's the voucher system. Now, what is the idea in back of the voucher system? Well, it would restore much or most of the parental influence on the training of the children. It restore it. In other words, it puts the training of the education square in the, lack of, in the lap of the parents 
and then they decide along with their children what school would be best for them at this particular point in time in their life so it restores parental influence on education that's what it does number two here's what it also does it would establish a healthy competition in the educational system that is if you had a good school kids would want to go to it if you had a poor school and poor teachers and a poor educational plan and system of education kids would not want to go to that the word would get out and in what in that edge in that competitive system the poor schools die out and the strong or the good schools become the noted schools in the community become the strong schools in the community and become the ones that students would naturally choose so that's kind of a competitiveness if you will we see that in the open market in a lot of different areas of life selling gas on again this corner of a city the same idea you know if it's a good gas if it's a good gas station good service you tend to go there if the cost is great and the service is not very good you tend not to go there sometimes you choose on the basis of the cost sometimes you choose on the basis of the quality of the service you receive but in other words you choose where you want to buy your gas well it's the same way with education you choose where at whichever school you think is best for you and your children and then you choose that one here's another point about the voucher system it would allow parents to send their children to schools that support their own moral and behavioral values you see if you had a school in your community that was known for poor uh, conduct and for behavior patterns and values and moral behavioral patterns that do not fit you as a family you have the option then to avoid that school and go to a different school that is consistent with and supportive of the values that you hold as a family you see we want our children to be raised in a certain way we want our children to be trained in a certain way we want our children to be educated in a certain way and we want those to be consistent we, we go to a certain church we go to a certain school we go to a certain uh, background in our home life in a lot of different areas to give consistency so our children are exposed to a consistent moral value and we want our educational system we want our choice of education we want our school to be consistent with the values taught in the home that's what a voucher system allows is it? and then we know fourthly that children in a choice situation in a voucher situation in fact do better they're better educated they do better in the long run let me give you kind of a statistic on that one and we'll come back and kind of look at some of the data on that private school children those that have a voucher and choose to go to a private school in the year 2010 30 percent of the private school children 30 percent more of the private school children as compared to the public school children graduated okay the graduation rate was greater in the private school in the charter school in the voucher school than there was in the public school also in that year 24 percent of the students in a charter and a voucher in a private school situation tended to go to college 
and more than did students in a public school. In other words, in our private school system, we tend to bring our students to a greater level of graduation and a greater number of them go on to college than the students in a comparable city but going to a public school. So there is a great deal of difference between our public schools and our uh, private schools. Now, when you look at this kind of data, here are some of the uh, basic facts that you have to kind of keep in mind, okay? In the year 2001, a study was conducted in Washington, D.C. They had the third highest per capita expenditure per student. In other words, in Washington, D.C., they contributed a high level of income or high level of money to the public school system. Yet it was number 50 or 52 in achievement. It was last in achievement among the states. So a great deal of money thrown at the school system does not guarantee that your students are going to get a good education. In fact, it's almost the opposite. <clears throat> You're not going to get a good education in the case of Washington, D.C. Then take Delaware. They had the eighth highest spending. In other words, in our country, of all the states, they were number eight in the amount of money they contributed to the educational system per student. But they landed in the bottom third of the educational schools across the country. Money is not the answer. Money is certainly not the answer. You can put a lot of money into schools, but that doesn't mean that your kid is going to get a good education. So that's not the way you look. And in fact, if you look at some of the statistics, the amount of money that's gone up over the past 30 years has increased regularly. In other words, we're giving much more money today than we gave 30 years ago. And it's just on the gradual increase over 30 years. But our kids are not graduating at a higher rate. Our kids are not doing better at school in their grades and in their achievement levels. In fact, they're not going to college at a higher rate either. It's not keeping pace. It's either staying the same or it's going down. So there's not a relationship here between money going into schools and what we get out of the teaching educational process of our students in our public schools. Now, if you just look at the national uh, record here a little bit, in the United States ranked 21st out of, the, out of 30 countries in science. You take 30 countries, you rank them in science, we came in 21. That's not a good record at all. We came in 25 out of 30 in math. So we are down towards the bottom when it comes to our production of students in the academic areas of study. In Oklahoma, for instance, the public school system in Oklahoma, only one in four students could identify George Washington as the first president of the United States. You laugh when you see uh, uh, Rick Walters on uh, Fox News when he goes out in the streets and asks kids and students about political figures or political activity going on, and they are just ignorant when it comes to government and politics and uh, what's going on in their country and uh, voting and all that. They know 
little. Our educational system is not providing our students the education they deserve, should be receiving, to live in a country that we live in and deal with the issues that are going on in the world, you know, today. So it's the public school versus the private school, isn't it? Just go to the state of California. If you look at California, we are 42 in education among the states. Number 42. And that's almost at the bottom. That's where California is in its educational system. And here we have a democratic government who prides himself in the amount of money that they put into the educational system. And we're coming out 42. When you look at charter schools versus public schools, and you look at some of the grades, I mean, look at some of the achievement scores at the end of the year. All students take an achievement test at the end of the year, and you compare them, the private schools versus the charter schools. You know, it's a five-point spread, the five-point difference, with the charter schools being five points better in math and in science and in reading. In other words, five to six points higher if you go to a charter school as compared to going to a public school in the same city, same group of people. So you see, we are in an educational crisis. We are in an educational downspin. We don't have an answer to our educational system and our educational problems that prevail, you know, today. We are uh, in, in great, great difficulty as a country, and we need to accept that. We need to understand that. We need to believe it. We need to know what the facts and the figures are, and we need to turn, you know, to our government and say to the government, fix it. Now, there are a lot of ways to fix it. Take education away from the federal government and put it back in the local government, into the local state or into the local community. Let the decisions be made there. Take the educational system away from bureaucrats and turn it back to the parents. Let the parents hire superintendents and principals and teachers. And let the parents fire superintendents, principals, and teachers. Take away the tenure system of a school system. Make teachers not only acquire tenure, if, they're, if you're going to have a tenure system, but then to renew that tenure every five years. So that student, so that teacher has to stay active and stay sharp in their educational skills and knowledge and teaching skill. So if you're going to have a tenure, renew it every five years. Let it run out. Let it sunset every five years. And then a teacher has to reestablish and regain it. Or don't have tenure at all. Just give yourself, give every teacher at-will employment. So that if there's cause to um, fire them, you fire them. And uh, at will, there doesn't have to be much of a cause, you know, to do so. Take away the teacher's union. You see, the union is there for the good will of the teacher. To te help the teacher gain an income, protect that income, have greater income, have more income, have less working hours, have a, a less working demand on them. That's what the unions are about. The unions have nothing to do with children. The unions have nothing to do with the learning process. The unions have nothing to do with the acquisition of knowledge on the part of our students. Unions care less about that. There is no union in favor of the children. 
There is no union that even considers the children. The unions are there for the teacher's protection and for the teacher's income and for the teacher's work uh, demands and for the legal problems that a teacher gets themselves into from time to time and to help teachers negotiate a contract so they have higher income, independent of how well the students do in their classroom. There is no basis, there is no connection between giving a teacher a raise in income and how well that teacher teaches students in that classroom and what students in that classroom learn and how they acquire information. There's no connection. Unions don't care about how students do. They only care about how well teachers do in the income stream and in the work level that they are to do in the course of their daily activities. So, charter schools? Yes. Voucher system? Yes. Freedom of choice? Yes. Returning education to the uh, state? Yes. Returning educational choices and decision-making to the local community? Yes. Returning the school to the parents? To the parents' input and decision-making? Yes. Giving options of private schools, public schools, religious schools, non-religious schools? Yes. Let our system work better for our students by giving all these choices and all these changes. And if we can do that in the next 10 years, we're going to soar as a country and we're going to have children that will advance themselves and be a significant contributing member to their community and to our culture and to our society and to our world. We, are, we have the potential to produce kids that will turn the world upside down, basically. But we have to give them an educational system that is free of the government and open it up to options and choices and alternative patterns. And when that's done, we'll win. Okay, this has been the uh, Psychology Report. Thanks for being here. Now, I'll tell you what. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Pick up a book. My book, Doctor, Teach Me a Parent, would be a great one uh, for you. Because in that book, I talk about ways in which you can parent your children, but working with the school teacher. There's a conference with the school teacher you have regularly on different issues and different topics so that the parent and teacher works together for the good of the child. So that's a great book, you know, for you. My book on Jonathan Edwards is certainly a great book for you. If you have any interest in history whatsoever, Jonathan Edwards in the 1700s, or my book on living life at its best, or the book on health care. Pick one up. Go to the book uh, website, booksbyhedberg.com. Bye for now.